Just press record already. Oh, we weren't recording any yeah. of that? No, no. Oh. Here we are. I'm Maris Macellus. Michael Britt. That's Michael Britt. And we have Jessica Johnson, our Zero Yay. Waste Trash Talk family member Yay. on today. Hello. We miss your accent, Jess. I, I, I texted you. And I was like, I really miss your voice. <laughs> I'll start sending speak messages. <laughs> Perfect. That's all I need. And so, um, Jess, what have you been up to? We miss you. What have you been up to? Tell, tell us. I've been working. I had to, obviously, with COVID and the economy changing and people having different priorities and things, I had to uh, take a break on my business, on, on Naturally Home, because working in people's homes, you know, they, they obviously weren't going to spend money on uh, me coming in to do their work. And also safety-wise, I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't go into people's homes. So right. uh, I took a little bit of a career change and I've ended up working in uh, mental health um, which actually has been fantastic. I really enjoy that. I love that. So yeah, yeah I've been uh, hella busy with that. <laughs> so while all of us were off of work, Jess has been going back to work. She's finally on a routine and so doing her thing out there. That's awesome. Yeah, I never took a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're happy for you about that. And we're happy you're healthy and um, able to do the show with us today. And we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, while you're at home going through all your things and you're looking to get rid of some stuff, there's this old idea that we could just throw everything away. And our very first episode, we talked about how there is no fucking away. <laughs> Michael wanted me to drop an F-bomb today, so here it is. <laughs> We're starting with an F-bomb, guys. <laughs> but it is so true there literally is no away and that you know with my business as a as a, a home organizer you know I, I go into their homes and into people's homes and I used to bring away all the items that they didn't want and that was you know really great for them because it was it was cleansing to get rid of all the things that you know were, were holding them back and weren't weren't fitting with the with the lifestyle that they want now mm-hmm. but then I had to deal with that and so mm-hmm. back in the day whatever you know what everybody does is oh take it to Goodwill because Goodwill takes everything take it to you know Nashville um uh, what's it called the Rescue Society that uh I can't remember what that's called. We'll figure that out later. But yeah, just take it to all these like, you know, thrift stores that will will, will take everything and you dump it and you leave it and you think that you've done something great because you think it's going to a homeless person or you think it's going to somebody that needs it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. What's the truth? Just tell us. (laughs) No, the truth is um, a tiny portion of that is going to go out onto the shop floors and a tiny portion of that is going to be bought. So all the rest of the stuff that isn't being bought or isn't going out onto the shop floor is probably going into landfill. Yeah. Because you got to think, right? If you, every, every person say, you know, every time that you uh, clean out your, your bedroom, you've got like bags of stuff, right? Yep. Bunch of bags, bunch of clothes. Stuff and, as much as you can into your car. Yeah, yeah. All your shoes, all of your decor things, you take it all to, uh, you know, Goodwill and then um, you just leave it there and say that there was, you know, say there was somebody doing that every minute of the day. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. That is more stuff than is being bought. Like how yeah. often do you go into Goodwill and buy things? 
not that often. Me right? personally, not a lot. No. Yeah, exactly. I have a figure here of exactly how much gets donated. Yes. In the United States and Canada every year, just of clothing only, Americans and Canadians donate $20 billion worth of clothes. Oh, wow. $20 billion worth of clothes. And that's the write-off amount, I think, is what they're talking about. You know, they give you the receipt. Mm -hmm. But only only, uh, 10% of that gets sold, Yep, gets resold in resale shops. 90% of the the clothing ends up in sub-Saharan Africa, where they call it- 20 tons? Of of $20 billion worth of of clothing. Oh, wow. It it gets dumped, it gets shipped to sub-Saharan Africa, and uh, they actually call it dead men's clothes because they think people must have died to send these clothes over here. Does Does it actually do anything over there? No, uh, it piles up. Yeah, it, they resell it. They they salvage what they can. They're all wearing like just do it T-shirts and things like that in, in Ghana. Yeah. You know, yeah. and what it does, it destroys their uh, it destroys any chance of a textile industry starting in those countries. But wouldn't wouldn't you think that's a good thing because they have they're getting repurposed clothes? Isn't that yeah, a good just thing? like it's a just like it's a good thing that uh, China had piles and piles of plastics and all these uh, countries. It's kind of different. Uh, it's kind of not really. Not it's, really. It's the built. amount that's being mm-hmm. sent over there is not enough for people to use. And plus, what Michael said, that means that there is an industry that you know that country cannot make. So mm. there's you know you've got on the one side you've just got mountains and mountains of stuff that is coming over to these other countries. I mean, I've seen videos of where there was a river. A apparently on the landscape but instead this whole landscape is now just full of like this one in particular was um electronics actually and it was just full of electronics that were actually on fire also so just like a whole landscape that covered a river and so people are walking over a river that is now electronics where do we we see that i feel like we talked about this before i did actually i think i told you about that and Mm -hmm. i probably showed you it i saw it on facebook and it was uh it actually made me cry it was devastating to to see that you know because obviously with the electronics you've got all the chemicals and stuff that are coming out of that too but it turns it it turns the whole country into this dumping ground yeah and and yes you know great they're going to reuse some of the clothes but they just they're overwhelmed they have no infrastructure right to deal with the piles of clothes the whole idea is we're just dumping mindlessly again we're not taking any time to really see where it's going and if it can be used and if it's making it better versus worse. I get that. I get that point. Yeah, that's very true, Maris. Like, I mean, it's, a, you know, we buy something, we buy more and more and more. And then we're like, oh, okay, well, we don't need that anymore. We'll give it to some faceless Face, nameless, faceless uh, person that needs it. And then we feel good because, you know, we don't have it anymore, but we think that we've done good, right? Because that's what our minds tell us. And then it's the same thing, you know, it goes to this place and then this place then sends it to other people, but only like portions of that are getting used. So it's just like this. Doesn't that uh, doesn't that sound like something else that we do that makes us feel good that we send it over <laughs> and it goes away? Recycling, like, kind of like recycling. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> something else that's like, oh, I feel good about this, and it's really not it's as good as we think it is. It's a common theme here, guys. There's a common mm-hmm. theme. So, Jess, do tell us more about your findings with Goodwill and so forth. Yeah. So after that realization, I was like oh shit, what do I do? Because, <laughs> you know, on a daily basis, I would have like at least one carload of stuff that I had to find a home for. So in mm-hmm. the end, I started bringing 
things home back to my house and uh so I started this like I mean my living room became my warehouse you know and I had to like sift through everything and sort through them and create specific piles of what each of these items were and then I would um you know like I'd actually make like huge giant paper lists like what do I have here I've got clothes okay I've got white clothes I've got black clothes I've got like work clothes I've got sports clothes like you know like that much stuff from cleaning houses from from organizing them yeah because I'm bringing home like everybody like everything you know every because I mean some people want to get rid of half of what they have I mean you'd be surprised how much junk people like we all have in our own home that we don't need oh yeah so yeah so um yeah so anyway I've got these lists and then I would just scour the internet for all the names of all these places that might take something whether it was a a thrift store or whether it was a charity or you know something and then Mm -hmm. I would call each and every single one of them and then ask if they will take what I have. And some places, and this is where it started to get tricky because you can't just dump everything onto these places, right? Mm -hmm. Some some places will say, okay, yes, we take clothing. And you're like, great, I've got a fucking room full of clothing here. And they're like, well, actually, we only take summer shorts right now. And you're like, shit. Okay, oh well, I'll every give you time, all my summer shorts. Yeah, but- every time I go to Buffalo Exchange, they they may yeah. take one thing out of like three bags that I bring over there. Well, they change. They're, yeah, they're sorry, particular Cameron. about fashion. So. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, because it changes with the seasons. It changes based on what they have in their, in you know, in 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 their stores or you know, in their in their stock rooms and whatnot. Because mm-hmm. say, like, you know, what there might be one place where I had donated a whole bunch of pants. Didn't matter what color pants they were. Like, I would have just sent all my pants to them at one point, and it would. I think. Uh, a lot of times it would be places that uh, said that they could use these clothing for like interviews and stuff like that and to help people you know have have, have uh, clothing for, for jobs mm-hmm. so I'd be like oh my god all these great nice outfits that I had I could give to all this place and then I'd call them and, and double check like hey what are you taking right now and uh they're like oh well the only things we're taking right now are black anything black and I'm like well what the hell do I do with everything else so then I'd have to go through my list again and try and find other places that would take all of these things so um yeah it's uh that in itself became another like portion of the you know that became another business so you still ended up with a bunch of stuff and you had to take a lot of time to find the places that were going to take what you had so yeah. what ended up happening? Did you find any other places that were doing better or? Well, no, because there is never one place that is going to take everything that you have. It's right. just every single time that I have stuff that I have to get rid of, and, I have to go through this process. And then you're driving around everywhere. That's one yeah. thing that got me upset. It's the same thing with grocery mar- or supermarkets. I'm, I'm going from one store to get this and another store yeah. to get that because they do it more sustainably here. Or And then I'm like... I'm driving around town again. Like I'm still, this is a mission. So I'm defeating the purpose. Like what is the, what is the point at this this point? (laughs) No, I know that was, that was definitely, that was definitely hard, but I mean. When, when you like you called and ask and a lot of people just go here, 
Here's right. my bag of stuff. And they told you, right? The, you asked, didn't you ask a couple of them, what do you do with this stuff? And Yes, there was uh, a bunch of places where I actually managed to, to speak to, you know, it could have, could have been the manager or the director of the donations facilities. And they would say, I mean, there was this one particular place that claimed that they took everything, you know, because it was for, it was for homeless people, both men and women. And they were like, we will take everything you have. Well, obviously at this point, I know not to trust that, right? So, you know, and I, and oh, one of the other questions that I'm always consistently asking is what do you do with the stuff that you can't use, you know? And, and sometimes they yeah. will give me answers and they'll be like, well, we, we just, you know, throw them in landfill or whatever, or we'll dump them off at another uh, charity and stuff like that. So I have to make my decisions based off of that. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'm at this place that claims that they will take everything. And so I get to speak to these people and, um, you know, I'm like, well, what, what do you do with the stuff that you, that you can't use? And you know, again, like they, they will try to donate to places, but the majority of times they're going to uh, just uh, throw no, things no, in no, landfill. No. And we got to talking about the things that they actually do use. And it's, I mean, it's a tiny portion, a tiny percentage of what they actually take because they were going to, they were going to take all the, all the, uh, throw cushions and the throw blankets and all the, you know, these bags of CDs that I had. Um, this this was the, the rescue mission, the Nashville rescue mission, specifically this example on this day. And, uh, so yeah, they were, they were going to take all the music CDs I had. They were going to take all the random lampshades and the other lamps that I had. And I'm, you know, so then I get talking to, to the, you know, the supervisor of the, the donations. And he actually tells me that the majority of this stuff is not going to be used. Uh, it all goes into a warehouse that they have. And if it doesn't fit, then it goes into landfill or they'll try, maybe try to find another charity to give it to. But really, I mean, if you think about it, if you're homeless mm. and you're being given the opportunity to, you know, have some things to go into a home with, you don't care about throw pillows you care about things like kitchen utensils the basic pants you know a a blanket of some kind like you you really you really care about the basic things you don't care about artwork on your walls and stuff oh wait the basics what do you mean the basics like the basic necessities of living for a human being doesn't mean we need all these extra things yeah yep I know, right? (laughs) It really opens your eyes. (laughs) It's it's something I've been struggling with actually this last year. Maybe not struggling. I've just become more enlightened. The fact that, you know, I I see a lot of minimalists and even sustainable people that I'm around. It's, It's so interesting, our different lifestyles. You see celebrities and actors and, and, and people that are in front of the camera all the time and on Instagram. Oh all telling us we need this or we need that or we need to dress this way or we need to have sneakers in 10 different colors and it's it's fashion and it's art but it's really sad it really makes me so sad because we don't need 10 pairs of sneakers and guess what i'm guilty i have more than one pair of sneakers i'm guilty i'm i'm the same and it just makes me upset because now looking forward i know i'm going to have all of these sneakers for a long time because i'm i'm either going to give them to someone or yeah. i'm going to use them until they fall off my feet because there's no reason for me to have any more and yeah. i know it's i know it's such a different idea for american society to think but what about our children we want to get them everything for christmas and we want to hey the gift of giving isn't only on christmas and it doesn't only have to be to your kids Maybe you give them one and then you guys go and donate your other stuff to, to a, a company that 
we know is doing the right thing, which is kind of hard to find at this point, listening to you, Jess. Well, see, therein, like, it's it's not about, you know, what we what we have, we just go and donate to somebody, to, to a company that's doing the right thing, because they're all doing the right thing. Right, They're all true. trying that to do true. the right thing. But the thing is, there isn't enough people coming in and taking everything that they have. You know, there's, there's more stuff, there's more unwanted stuff than there is uh, people who will take them. Because, you know, even, even like, even the stuff that, you know, I might bring something into us, into these places, into the, you know, I might donate a bunch of stuff that to me looks great, but to other people, it's not great. So it's just going to sit in in the store mm, forever yeah. you know what are you saying, but that's, this, this is very much the same as the recycling problem because we're all sorting and cleaning and getting it off to it's going to wherever it's going to go to get reused and no one's buying it the companies yeah. aren't buying it to use it back in their products it's the same with us if you donate stuff you, your first next shopping trip should be to a resale center you should be buying used first yes, you're not right. you're not recycling this stuff when you're doing you're dumping it just just like the plastics industry. So I challenge everybody out there to take responsibility that if if you during all this uh, safer at home, you know, pandemic lockdown time, you're (laughs) cleaning your closets, you're stacking everything up. Yes, we recycle. Yes, we want people to have our used stuff. But do we buy used things? And that is just... That is the hardest part, guys. That's the hardest yep. part. We all want to buy off Amazon and we all want to go and get brand new stuff all the time. And we just, if we continue to, to live like that, we're going to be we're digging our own graves, like for real. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what the most, the easiest and the most successful way for me to be able to pass on everybody's um, items, you know, when I, when I needed to donate things. It was actually through, um, you know, like through the the social medias, you know, like marketplace mm-hmm. and the, the Facebook marketplace, and I don't even remember what the other the next door app and all all kinds of things. And then I would go into the local groups and just be like, "Hey guys, I've got all of this stuff," and would show pictures, and people could come pick it up. And I would just give it give it all away for free. You know, I've got wow. all these shoes, I've got all this furniture. You know, I've got everything. Who wants it? Who needs it? Because there's you know a lot of people that do need things, but again they're they're not the kind of people they're not necessarily walking into the all of these thrift stores that i might might take them to you know yeah so that actually was re that was probably the best way to get uh, that i found to 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 get rid of things so if people could keep buying or finding their stuff secondhand and reuse that would definitely be helping things yeah and those types of stores aren't as popular around Nashville, I feel like. But I mean, there are a few, like I said, Buffalo Exchange I go yeah. to. Um, I haven't been to Good Goodwill in a, in a while, but Goodwill is another one. But what do you, I mean, what's your opinion? What's your, what's your opinion on that, on that kind of, on those stores? Like, have you found that uh, to be useful? Like what kind of- Yeah, like, I mean, what to, 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 to buy or to sell? To buy. To, to get rid of, to buy, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's what, it's like a, you know, it's a hit or miss. Like, you know, I, if I'm going to go and do a thrift store run, if I need to buy, whether it's clothes or furniture or whatever, I do prepare to, to go to a bunch of them because mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to get. But yeah, thrifting. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I, that's how I furnish my house. Like and I, I have don't, my, my friends that are thrifters and I, and yeah. all throughout my, you know, all, all throughout my, 
I guess, experience in Nashville even. I, I met a friend, my gosh, my friend Devin from Whiskey Kitchen. She's great. She lives in Hawaii now. Um, but she was, man, she was having, she was selling all of her stuff on Poshmark and making yeah. a mm -hmm. lot of, like, she was making good money. She was, she was, she had in her basement, she just had all the, she would go and buy and resell. And I was just like, wow, you have a little business going on here. But that's exactly the cycle, you know, like she would yeah. never go and buy something new somewhere. And I was always so just, I admired her. I love that. And and I want to be like that. And I think yeah. I haven't gone clothes shopping in quite some time. Like it's been a while. And and a couple friends of mine, whenever they clean out their stuff and we're kind of the same size, we'll be like, hey, what you got going on? Let's, let's get together and I'm cleaning yep. out my stuff. You want to come over and see what I have? And that's kind of how I've been doing it. I get cl new clothes from my friends. Um, yeah. And we trade. Yeah, clothing. Clothing was it. That's the one that's a little difficult for me when it comes to like thrift shopping and stuff. Because that, that is quite hit or miss. I don't know. There's a lot of people out there who are able to find some absolute gems. And I'm like, how did you find that? Because I can't do that. Yeah. Furniture, though. Oh, man, I, I, that's that's my jam there. Furniture <laughs> and uh, and like other decor pieces like, oh, yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, well, um, we'll have to go do that together yeah. someday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not like I need anything. I, I was telling someone to everything in my house is a reused piece of furniture or it was given to me by someone even like even the art on my walls and yeah the different like mm -hmm. things i've hung they're all gifts they were gifts yeah. from friends and then what's funny is i'll go through stuff and i'll think who would like this like mm -hmm. i could go shopping in my own house because i have so much stuff that i don't necessarily use all the time and mm -hmm. i have it and i'll be going through it and i'm like instead of just dumping it off at goodwill i think to myself who could use this, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then it's a nice present. And it, repurposing is just, it's a huge part of the future. We have to repurpose, reduce, reuse people. There is no way. I reduce, really, reuse. really hope that happens more. I mean, I think that it's, I think that it's great that so many people are trying to clear out their spaces and live a more minimalist life. Like, I think that's great. And in order to get that, you do have to get rid of your stuff. I mean, I did too. And exactly. back in the day when I first started going down the minimalist route, I wasn't getting rid of my stuff sustainably accidentally. You know, I thought that giving to right. Goodwill was fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, you know, like it, it is great and that does obviously lead you down to a to a route where like you don't have to buy as much anymore and you might be ha more happier to yeah. more more open to to be getting secondhand things and stuff but in the, in the meantime especially now during this corona situation where i mean it seemed like everybody that i knew and everybody that i saw on facebook in in all the local groups and everything everybody was getting rid of their things and i was mm -hmm. like that's amazing that's great everybody has time to to, to get themselves into the mm -hmm. life that yeah. they that they want to live mm -hmm. but holy shit that is going to be terrible for the environment because it's all going to go into a goodwill or to the salvation army or to all these charity stores or even into the landfill yeah well i mean i like i know people who they can't even be bothered to donate things they will they might post something on facebook and say hey guys i've got this you've got one day to get it or it's going to landfill and then they will just take it to landfill so like mm. there's just there's yeah, it was it was it was terrifying for me to to watch that because I was like, shit, I know what's happening. <laughs> so, what do you recommend for you know? How can we be better at doing this? Um, 
I think that everybody needs to, uh, first of all, they need to accept responsibility for everything that they own. They mm-hmm. have to, we all have to know that everything that we have goes somewhere everything you know and you don't just take exists. it to a donation place <laughs> and think yay it's gonna turn into it's gold gone. here it's not <laughs> it's good you know there are so many other things that can happen to it there it can easily end up in landfill it could easily end up over in a, in a third world country where they're mm. like well shit this has to go to our landfill and this is poisonous now so you've got to be mindful about everything that you have and you should probably make sure that you research all the places that you plan to, to, to take your stuff to. Yeah. Which brings me to the other part, which is take your time. Like mm-hmm. literally just know, okay, I've got a room full of junk that I want to get rid of, but don't, don't try it. You know, so many people are like, all right, got to get rid of it now. Got to do it now. Like I don't have time. You know, like the people I was saying who, you know, they're like, come and pick it up today or I'm throwing it in landfill. Mm-hmm. Like take your time. Finding yeah. the right place can, I mean, there yeah. are some things that took me months to find the right place to, you know, to take them to, but that's right, just what just I do. reaching out to the people you know to yeah. friends and family and and having a garage sale or putting it on mm-hmm. Poshmark. You Just know, it's, I mean, it's post it route, all across but... the social medias. Like mm-hmm. here's pictures of this room full of stuff that I've got. Anybody want it? I'm going to have my, you know, uh, so it's all going to be. I see some roadblocks to that because of coronavirus. I see some roadblocks just because people oh, are going yeah. to be worried about getting the well, germs from somebody's yeah, house and true. things. Well, yeah, I was going to say, because I used to, in the summer months, I would like just leave it all outside of my door and tell everybody to turn up. But even then, yeah, I guess that's a... That's a tough one. That is a tough one. But then again, wait, just wait, you know, find a space where you know that you can store all of this stuff that you know that one day you're going to get rid of. I have two bags in my closet right now. Yeah, because I knew that it wasn't the right season. So I knew that Buffalo Exchange wouldn't take it yet. And so I've been saving that in my closet. So just to recap, yeah, one, you take responsibility for your stuff. It's your stuff. You bought it. You have it. You can't just throw it away. There is no way. Two, research. Where are you going to bring it? What are you going to, you know, maybe some places take it in seasons. Maybe places are specific about what color things are. And you have to research. Number three, take your time. Yes. And just said, you might have to hold on to something for a little while until you can find the right place to properly get, you know, I hate saying, I hate saying get rid of it. Oh, welcome back, Michael Britt. Hi, Michael. <laughs> we, we lost Michael for a second, but he is back now. Technical difficulties. <laughs> and Michael, we're just going over the highlights. Jess was, um telling our listeners what they, you know, the the different steps of when they have things, what to do with it. And we're just saying you got to take responsibility for it. You got to research the places that you want to bring it. And you might have to hold on to it for a while. So take your time. Take your can I, time. Can I, there was one point I wanted people to know that, I, <laughs> can I cram it in here Damn. at the end since I, since Come I missed on, cram. it? So you know how the donation centers, if they're closed, people just leave the bags out in front, up outside. Oh God, or, I hate that. Or even yeah. the little, you know, the freestanding ones, the little kiosks. When you go to uh, one of the donation centers and they're closed, I see this all the time. People are stacking their stuff out by the front door. They're leaving bags of stuff at the little kiosks that are out. Like there's one right. on Riverside Drive over here. You'll see bags and, and donations stacked around the thing. And I think what most people don't realize is it's against the law, which most people may go, yeah, I don't care. But, but the law says that if it's on the ground outside of a donation center, 
they have to put it in the trash. They're not Shut allowed up. to accept it. No. Shut the front door. Mm. I didn't know I've never that. heard yeah. that before. And that's it's the law. ridiculous. Yeah. So wow. Well, the, the no, reason, no, but it does make sense though. Yeah, you yeah. go ahead to say, and just in case. Yeah, the reason is, bec- I, what, from what I understand, the reason is because nobody wants big junky piles of stuff out inside, outside of all these donation centers. And so to prevent places from looking junky, they said they are not allowed to accept donations in that manner. Oh. I was actually going down this route. Yeah. See, so because Mm -hmm. just imagine um, if somebody left a bunch of stuff outside and it started to rain and it wasn't proper, properly like covered. Well, so that stuff is no, no longer useful. So then what they, they then have to like get rid of it. Or what if like it's outside and a freaking roach walks in on it and then like, then they bring it into their store and it now they're bringing like roaches in into the stores. That's, that's where my mind was going with that. Yeah, I mean, which is too. pretty logical. Like, like that's gross. Like not, don't do no, that. Not just you because know? it doesn't look nice in front of the store. No, but I think that's it. It's, it's, it's just like a zoning law or whatever. And especially for the kiosks that you see in neighborhoods, you know, they, the people will complain, you know, we don't want to see all, we don't want to see stacks of shoes and, and, you know, garbage bags in our neighborhood. And okay. I pr- I'm more than, and, you know, we'll clarify it. I'll, I'll put in the notes for this. I'll put a link to uh, to some more factoids about that. Okay, cool. Because that's that's an, that's one of those sneaky ones, man. Mm-hmm. That's one of those sneaky things that you don't know. And then you're like, I'm just going to leave it out here because I don't, I don't have any time. And, and it's already in my car and blah, blah, blah. So people keep it in your car. Keep that, it that's in your again, car. Take until you get- your time right and, <laughs> and responsibility of someone and, yeah. and this is why this is why i want to sneak it in because it was sneaky but also you know back to our our recycling everything comes back to the same thing you, you go make the trouble to go to the recycling with all your cans that you've collected and you toss it in in the bag even in though it says bag. it says i don't want yeah. to it says no bags allowed and everyone's like eh, i've done my part i'm throwing I'm it in well throw it in yeah, there no that gets that ends up in the trash too nobody yeah. cuts open those bags and no dumps one's them out the bags guys no no mm-hmm. one i actually just uh just uh, on the one, the the local group here in Bellevue, I actually just uh, commented on uh, a post about that recently because somebody had posted a picture. I guess it was like last Monday and or maybe it was Sunday. I can't remember. And the 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 cans, the recycling cans here were like completely full. And then so everybody else and their mother had started mm-hmm. just throwing everything on the floor. Right. So the, the pictures were like awful. There was cardboard boxes all in between in between these cans. And then there were also big plastic bags of like, you know, pl- uh, you know, plastic bottles and stuff that were also mm. they couldn't fit them in there. So they were hanging them on the outside of these recycling bins and then just throwing them on the floor. And I was like, OK, I'm coming out of my social media break here, guys. And was <laughs> like, uh, that's not helpful at all because. You know, Metro is not going to recycle wet cardboard. So when it rains on that cardboard, that's now going to go into landfill. So they might as well have just put that directly in landfill. And those bags, none of that's going to be recycled because Metro isn't opening plastic bags. So you might as well have just saved saved them time and money and taken that to uh, the landfill instead. Like Mm. none of this is helpful. Because somebody commented and they were like, oh, well, at least they're trying. And I was like, no, No. ma'am. No, (laughs) ma'am. Let me tell you why that is not helpful. (laughs) Moral of the story being all of these systems in place that we think that we are doing well, they're not really working. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not that we're here to tell you that nothing is going to work ever and that we're doomed. That's not the message. It's 
think before you throw. Don't just put yeah. stuff in a bag. Don't just put it out in front of a door and leave it to be someone else's problem. That's why the rest of the world doesn't like us, guys, because we think that we can just get rid of our stuff and make somebody else deal with it. We have yep. to be conscious of what we're doing with our shit. And consumer-wise, why do we need everything in every freaking color, man? Like, I don't, I don't, I know that these are really hard things to swallow. They really are, because I'm still having a hard time swallowing it. But I'm more conscious now. And I think as a consumer and as someone that creates waste, the, the more that I, that I am aware of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, I feel better. I feel like, okay, I'm not in the dark. And I want to talk to more people about this. I want to know what other people have to say about this. And that's why I got into Zero Waste Trash Talk, because Jess and Michael feel the same way. We all feel the same way. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Right on, man. Right on. Well, that was an exhilarating talk, Jess. Thank you. It's so Thanks. fun to, to see you, too. We it was nice to here. see you all again. <laughs> <laughs> we can see her through our, our uh, computer screens. That's yeah. right. Um, we are all mobile at this point. We're having a lot of fun doing well, it. Mobile is strong. Maybe stuck at home, but remote. Stuck at home, remote. <laughs> yeah. Mobile seems like, yeah, we're going to go out and sit in a car and record yeah, audio. We'll do that, too. But, yeah. Hey, trust me, we've <laughs> thought about it. We've been trying to figure all this out. Uh, well, and our, our next guest is talking about what else you can do besides donate. Well, yeah. I guess it's still donation, right? It's just a different type of donation. It is. But, Leah Sherry yeah. is going to talk about what we can do with all that random stuff that we don't know what to do with. That is not going to be accepted at the good, or um, I want to say the goodwill. goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen to episode two, you don't get the joke. Sorry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, Jess. We love you. Good to Thank see you. you. And, right. uh, bye. Signing bye. out, man. Minor issues. Welcome, Leah Sherry of Turnip Green Creative Reuse. Michael and I are so happy you could be our guest today. And how are you? What's going on? Thank you for having me. It's so good to talk to you and see your faces. I miss you all. I know. It's crazy that we have to, to do this kind of thing, but it's actually a skill that we'll probably use forever now. <laughs> We're yeah, have to. absolutely. Hey, we all saved some patrol, right? Yeah, that is this meeting. Uh, that, is, <laughs> that is a plus side for sure. I, I, I just um, saved so bicycle pedaling time, I think. so. <laughs> oh, there you go. Bicycle pedaling <laughs> time. It. Is that what yeah. you said? No fuel. Yeah, I'm a no fuel guy. I just want to be like you, Michael. I'm a no fuel guy in East Nashville. He's got the coolest bike. It's got these giant wheels on it. Like, tell us about your beautiful bike. It's a. It's four inch tires. It's got an electric motor for pedal assist. So I'm not the weakest gazelle on the road when I'm on the street. <laughs> and uh, you know, it gets me around. I, I use it instead of the car. I'd say ninety percent of the time. Back back. He really back does. Pre COVID, when I actually went places. So. All the time, Michael's like, oh, I'll just ride my bike there. I'm like, but it's going to take like three hours now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just come pick you and up. And but... I always get the key parking spot right in front by the front door. Yeah. Of that's course. Right. And that's how you yeah, always you know, know Michael is there because you see his bike outside. But, um, Love it. But yeah, we are saving some patrol, you know, Leah. I like that. <laughs> but um, thanks so much for sending us some of your background and how you got started with Turnip Green Creative Reuse. Uh, Leah is the executive director for... 
should we should we minimize should we tg fix me i feel like it's the best way turnip cream t-g-r-c t-g-r-c t-g-c-r <laughs> that's right <laughs> the non-dyslexic T-G-C-R. version <laughs> yes um t-g-c-r but uh arkansas girl yeah start your own pick. start your own sustainability things and jobs at what 12 14 what were you how old are you i started my little recycling club in fourth grade awesome which uh as much as i would love to say it landed it, it didn't take off as i would have hey. not the coolest kid on the playground but uh yeah i mean i was i was always really interested in sustainability and i mean i would i would also love to say that i was just like a visionary child but a lot of it came from you know family influence and how i was raised so yeah they did it right and, <laughs> oh my gosh and that, how you're raised what we were kind of referring to that was an intentional community in arkansas right yes i, I it looked was. it up after you sent us your bio and there's not a lot of information about it on the internet that's it was it's it's the off the grid type of it. It's truly off the grid. That's crazy. What part of it, it? According to what I saw, it it was shifted around. It ended up in Little Rock. Were you? Um. So about an hour from Little Rock in the Ozarks, um, Russellville. If mm-hmm. you've ever heard of Russellville, Arkansas, right outside of that. The, so the place it's actually in, it's kind of hard to describe because um, it's not in a town. It's called the Piney Area. Oh, nice. That's it's right. in between the two towns. It's that Piney small. Area. It's like a little sliver of land. Now, <laughs> you're that unique. Did you? Yes. I don't know if special. we've talked about this, but my family's from Arkansas. My parents live in Northwest Arkansas, and at one point, I went to Camden High School, which isn't very far from there. Yeah, it's it's right. Yeah, oh, I didn't that know. Was, that was my senior year. I went from a giant school in Dallas to my senior year of. 120 people or something like that in Camden, Arkansas. Wow, you're you're a real Arkansas too. Yeah, kind of. We always find each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are there. You Arkansas weirdos. No, I kind of wish I lived in Arkansas. I, I'm like, I don't know. The, you would have been the coolest kid on the in the playground to me. I would have been like, I love this. I love this girl. Let's hang out. I needed you in my life when I was like eight or nine. Like, where is she? Uh, no, Arkansas is cool, though. It's it's like I think a lot of people, whenever you're growing up somewhere and you're kind of like you have this curiosity and like, oh, this is lame. I want to get out. But then you leave and you start to sort of reminisce and remember the, the positive things. And mm-hmm. Arkansas, it's a uh, state name is the natural state. And it has so much natural beauty. And I mean, I've I've moved around quite a bit. And I remember the first few places I moved, I'm like, what's going on? Like, I can't like throw a rock and hit a waterfall. Right. You know, and like there's so many like waterfalls and hiking trails mm. and you can just take your dog off leash. I mean, I think I don't know if that's actually right, but everybody does. Yeah. And like, it's just such a stunning state. Like, I don't know. I really do miss that part about it. What about the paper <laughs> yeah. mill smells? <laughs> you miss that, that rotten egg oh, smell from yeah. paper mills. You're bringing yeah, me right exactly. back. <laughs> You're a city girl now. You're a city girl. And you are doing really big things at Turnip Green Creative Reuse. And for all of you that don't know what TGCR is. Oh, my God. Yes, I got it. 
<laughs> I had to think. I had to think, guys. And I'll probably have to do that like four or five more times. I might end up just saying it. But if you don't know what it is, it's a great resource here in Nashville that I only recently came to find about a year and a half ago. And if you're worried about throwing a bunch of stuff out in the landfill that might have a second use, reduce, reuse people, that's I learned that from from Leah. I learned all about that with creative um, with Turnip Green. And they are willing to take a lot of stuff that would end up in the in the landfill and they're repurposing it and they're using it as art and they're teaching children about sustainability and they're using it to do art with them and making it fun and approachable, which is, Leah, something we had talked about uh, before we got into the whole podcast world. We were talking about going live on Instagram. And when we were talking that day, we were talking about how, you know, how do we keep sustainability a priority? And you moved to Nashville for looking for newer things and looking for your place here as I did. Um, and and you found it. You started at Trader Joe's. I remember that part of your bio and you met Kelly Tipler, who was the creator of Turnip Green. And you guys found each other and she hired you on the spot basically and was like, you are the fit for my puzzle. And you kind of took the reins from there. So tell us a little bit about that journey and what you've seen and, and how it's grown and maybe like before the pandemic and we kind of talk about how things have changed. Sure. So let's see. Yeah. Trader Joe's, you covered that. Yeah. Kelly and, and, and you guys know Kelly. So, you know, like she uh, is very, I um, I know. I we love yeah, you, Kelly. Like, I love you, Kelly. We can't wait to give you real hugs. <laughs> I know. But, she um, has this really wonderful skill that like I've tried to adopt um, where she can meet anyone and find a space for them. And, you know, like she I think she truly believes like everybody has a purpose, like everybody has a talent. And it kind of goes into our philosophy of teaching, too. I think I wrote it in my description to you all. It's like we believe that everybody's teachable. Yeah, everybody can learn about sustainability mm -hmm. or really anything. It's just sometimes the gap isn't with the learner. It's how you're talking to the learner. Like, are you speaking their language? My favorite, literally, quote, my you know? <laughs> favorite quote is seek to understand rather than to be understood. And I live by that. And I think that's really yes. important. Mm -hmm. Truth. Yes, that's so good. But Kelly, you know, she has that. And I remember Maris, she, she saw one of your, your guys's zero waste trash talk videos yeah. and I had already seen it too and I was like who who is this this is amazing and she was like listen like we've this girl has something she's a rock star like we have she has to be on our team in some way she belongs in our lives and I I just like really admire that you know so many people I feel and it's valid a lot of people approach their lives are kind of skeptical and like, I don't know, do I trust you? What's right, your deal? Right. What's your story? It's like you you always have all of these barriers before you open your heart to a person. And she just goes like full-fledged. Yeah. Like, no, like everybody's awesome until they prove I felt otherwise. That. I felt that when I met her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I walked so, straight I into mean, her office, by the way, and I never met her before in my life. I got her like through the grapevine. Somebody else, it was another person to another person to another person and was like, it ended up on Kelly's desk, and I was like, "Hello, can I can I come in and meet you? I have no idea what I'm what I'm coming to talk to you. <laughs> I just know I want to be involved, and you're the lady. You're the one. This is right. they told they brought me to you. She yeah. was she was so great. She really inspired me that day. But sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just thought you're it was good. A no, it was a perfect example of how she really made me feel um, at home, and that I could make a difference, even though she had you know we had just met right then and there. 
And so I think that I think her being the founder and I think that attitude and her surrounding herself and inviting people in who also have that very accepting, loving and like sort of like like you have to be brave to be like that. It's it's much easier to just reject people and and kind of keep a bubble or a distance. So like Mm -hmm. that sort of bravery and and just like big, you know, open heart. I think that is what Turnip Green was founded on. And I. I like to think, unless I'm just totally disconnected from reality, that we still very much have that. I believe um, it. And, and so I think she's a big part of that, but also just like the current team, you know, and, and I always tell people like, as much as I would love to like take all the credit, you know, there are so many people working hard to make um, what Turnip Green does accessible and make our mission relevant to the community. And so, you know, talking about, post-pandemic, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. I think we've definitely kept our mission, our core values, our guiding lights have stayed very consistent. Mm. And our team's attitudes have stayed very consistent. And we've, of course, had to pivot. You yeah. know, of course, we're we not going to be like, okay, everybody to. just, yeah, we have to pivot, but we can still keep some things consistent. So like, you know, the creativity, we've gotten really creative with how we've made our materials accessible. We've um, gotten really creative with how we've provided education, especially to students in our 10 after school programs. And you're sending out packets, right? Is that is that how it's working yeah, at this point? We're, we're actually partnering with Second Harvest Food Bank in Pencil and Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation and Metro Schools. Mm. Um, because, you know, you really have to think like collaboration is always the answer, but especially in times like this, we really have to be thinking in that way. So like it made more sense for us to say like, okay, what pieces do we have? What pieces do other people have? How can we like make it fit together? Mm-hmm. Second Harvest had that meal site stuff rolling. I mean, they were ready to go to get people fed. Pencil also just at the ready. T-Deck, they're like, hey, we support you. MMPS is like, hey, we support you. Yes. So we started partnering and going to those distribution sites. We already know those kids are coming there with their families. And we're like, how about we hand out food and an art kit? And school supplies. So it's it's convenience is a really important thing to keeping sustainability accessible, whether you're in a pandemic or not. As soon as it gets hard or complicated, people are out. Yes. So so we made it convenient. We've I'm so excited. We've actually this week we um, hit two thousand art kits that we've distributed. Wow. That's so Yay. many. That's so many. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's amazing. Yeah. What kind of response have you, have you gotten from that? Oh my God. Like just the sweetest ever. I mean, the kids were getting some pictures back of what they've been making with their art kits. One, we posted one on our Facebook yesterday. This kid made the cutest little classroom out of reusable materials. Like that is so um, adorable. How are, how are you spreading that message with the sustainability? You know, when they're getting these kits and they're making all this, all this cool stuff. How are you able to engage them? And, you know, these things were came from someone else or, you know, it's not just going to go away into a landfill. How are you guys engaging that message? Right. So, I mean, we had the benefit of being able to work with most of these kids already. Like these are kids we have relationships with because we have after school programs. So they are already reuse experts. Are you guys in after school programs everywhere? 
We have 10. Okay. At 10 different schools. Yeah. Okay. Um, so not, but we've, we do in school programming, like where we'll do a field trip or like, you know, we'll send a teaching artist to do some sort of one offs. Um, and we've been in over 60 of the metro schools doing those. That's but awesome. as far as like we're there, you know, consistently, yeah. we know the kids by yeah. name and their parents. Like, yeah. So they, they already know, like they're very familiar with a fabric swatch mm. or like a broken crayon. And, and I, I love telling people like the way in education, I used to be a teacher and it is so assessment heavy. I get the value of metrics. They're very important, but sometimes you just got to like let go a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and be a little yeah. more human. Um, but, but the assessment at turnip green after school programs, if kids understand what we're trying to do at the beginning of the year, if they're like, Oh, this crayon is broken. It's like, okay, that's where you're at. That's fine. (laughs) At the end of the year, if they're like, Hey, you look, you left a wrapper on the ground. We could make something out of this, which is what always happens. I'm like, bam, a plus they get it. That's the only assessment I need because they're looking at the world through a different lens of like being creative and also yes. being sustainable. Oh, that's a small yeah. success story for sure. That's great. Love that. Uh, also, you mm-hmm. I saw that you've upped your game with your videos on your YouTube channel to, uh, in this whole. <laughs> oh, we are uh, trying. Uh, we subscribed today because <laughs> I saw it out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I watched a couple. Thank you. I saw Emery do one of her videos about an airplane. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's awesome too. <laughs> uh, yeah, she rocks. The whole education team rocks. Um, so we actually, I, you guys will be proud of us. Um, we attended, we, we attended a video training workshop yesterday. So I, I, my hope and everybody's hope is that we just continue getting, um, sharper with our video skills. We learned about video editing. Did you know that's a thing? (laughs) Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So (laughs) number one, we're always proud of you. And then I'll have to say, I'm very lucky to have Michael because he's behind the scenes. He's the producer and very much an editor and all of this. So yeah, I'm, I probably should be taking that class too. It was awesome. It was so helpful. And we all learned a lot. And it's and like, that's another way of that we're having to learn how to make things um, accessible. Because, you know, the woman who is leading the workshop, her name is Gracie Phillips. She's an awesome musician that you should all check out. And she also used to work with us. Um, But she is she was saying like, did you know that only like 32% of your content is being watched because your videos are too long? And we were like, Oh, so it's the same thing to me. If we're going into a classroom, whether it's adults who are wanting to learn how to compost or like low income youth who have never heard of reduce, reuse, recycle, and they speak Arabic. Yes. Like we want to be able to like sort of bridge that gap to get our message across. Yes. So now we're learning like, okay, well, we have to bridge the technology gap. It's something that not a lot of us have like experience in. Extensive <laughs> experience. Me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so hands-on and I want to like see you and make something and hug you, (laughs) and hug you, but we need to learn, you know, the trends, the metrics, the tools, the editing, and we all need to be able to do that. Otherwise it's just going to be like five people who see our nine minute videos. Right. Like like our original, (laughs) our first video I think was 15 minutes long and then it went down to three minutes when we realized how to get it tighter. And I think we got some of our later ones down to 30 seconds for the video. Wow. So it's a matter of like just compressing and compressing the information and getting the facts and, and me directing Getting the Maris, most important it's things. It's like, okay, 
cut the cut the extra verbiage. Go talk. Do this right here, and that's that's how you have yeah, to yeah. Kind of and he's a great director too. Let me tell you, <laughs> that's awesome. That well, maybe you should do one of our video workshops. <laughs> yeah, we're we're we here for you. Actually. We'll do anything you need. So. <laughs> Oh, and we got the star a, Maris is, uh, you know, she, oh she, she's just such, oh a, God, you're just such an awesome front for all of this. So like, I don't want to be in you front know, of the I didn't camera. know this was my calling, though, guys. I came here doing music. I was playing and singing uh, open mics. And here I am today. And I, this is cool. You know, I was just on an interview with Channel 2 News that reached out to Zero Waste Trash Talk earlier yesterday, actually. And I told her, I was like, this is a manifestation of all the things I've ever done. I went to school for telecom. So I was working for the news after college. Then I moved to Nashville and I was performing. And then I was always in sustainability and my mom's a number. I'm like, all of these things just came together and here I am. This is the, this is the universe. This is what, where I'm supposed to be. And I think we all are truly, because it's been such a humbling experience getting to meet all the different faces that are in the industry, in this sector, I should say, and Kelly and you and, Allie and everybody, it's it's been so heartwarming to know. I'm like, I have a place here, and and that's that's what we're trying to do. The message with Turnip Green, there's so many resources out there. There's so many things for kids and adults, and if you want to learn, it's out there. And that's how I met Kelly, and she told me to go to a sorting center, and that's how I met Michael, <laughs> and 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 that's how it started. It really just starts with one person, and Nashville is so open like that and so friendly. That it's it's the gates just open the floodgates open whenever you put yourself out there but so just the other day i was talking with my neighbor um i was driving through the parking lot and i stopped he was outside and we were talking about how um my area is it's a lower income based housing area when i first moved in here there's a lot of trash everywhere and there's kids in this in this area i know that a lot of them their parents will ask them to take the trash down the dumpster and half of them don't make it and they just kind of throw it into the into the bushes is what is how what i'm guessing and we we're just talking about that and about coming together as a community. And I thought, and this was an idea way, way last year, we wanted to do a cleanup. And I thought, we got to get Turnip Green Creative Reuse out here because we could do that. We could get the kids involved. We could do an arts and crafts. We could do a pickup. And that's, those are just some of the few things that you guys do. But that, you know, during this time, is there going to be a different way to go about that now with litter pickups and um, getting people together, you know, because that's something I actually wanted to ask you personally. Um, but it would be good to know for everybody in Nashville that wanted to do something like that. Are you still operating or is that something we're looking to still later in the phases? So we have, this is internally, we have a four phase plan. Um, and the, the actual gathering components will happen in either phase three or four. So phase three at about half capacity, phase four, um, donations you know, back to normal, but yeah, we, we actually are doing some things right now. So we are accepting donations two days a week. Um, it's by appointment and that way we have a, we're take, I mean, I know like somehow as many things do, this whole health issue has become incredibly politicized. So I'll say we stand on the side of taking it very seriously yes. 
we that's just what we're doing mm-hmm. and you know it's it's not political to us to us it's health mm-hmm. um and safety of our community and our staff and our students so we we are accepting donations two days a week by appointment so we can space them out we're also quarantining the donations so like if you go in turnip green right now it looks like a whole different shop it's like everything is labeled with a date like this was accepted on this day it can be unboxed on this day wow um, and then like cleaning the donations and sort of rotating them through in a way where we know that we can safely pass them on where there isn't a virus on them, according to the science we do have. Um, So that's happening. We are... In just a few days, you guys get the the um, for, you get the first alert that we're going to offer virtual shopping, so people can actually FaceTime or Zoom with us, like depending on what their setup is. And we have staff that are already ready to like lead you through the store, and you basically say like, "I want that," and then Whoa. they bag it up. So that'll be. I mean, these are things that we want to keep too, even when everyone's able to gather. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we talk about a lot in our meetings is. Not everything about corporate or big box stores are good, but they definitely have some things figured out that we can adopt. And so making things convenient once again, um, and that's a convenient thing we can offer to people. So we're doing curbside pickup too. Mm. We, you, you don't get out of your car. The number is really big on the door and you just call and someone comes out and gives it to you. Um, what other things you saw the YouTube. So there's virtual programming, there's art kits. We just did another, launched another thing that I'm really excited about, which are birth virtual birthday parties. So you can, um, work with us and we'll provide a teaching artist. We'll help you set up the zoom. And if, so if it's a group of kids, for example, we work with you to figure out what project you want to do and we'll mail all of the attendees, the art project, get together on zoom and so you can all do it together. That's awesome. Um, so just like different things like that that meet sort of more of like the physical distancing yeah. standard. Do they do you make appointments on online or is there a number to call? Is that all online? It's all of the info is on our website. Um, the FAQ page, I feel like it gets updated twice a day with <laughs> nice. all of the changes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where the most relevant information is going to be in like all in one place. Okay. Do you want yeah. to save the link cool. so that's on the turnip green? creativereuse.org okay. and then you click there FAQ. You okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a home online shop who why how when and then facts FAQs and so it'll just be a, a forward slash FAQs. And, and we'll post it in the notes on the show notes. So so one Thank thing you. like taking one step backwards for the people who might not know exactly what you do um, when you take items in. I know that as from our conversations and the videos we've done together and all of that, that you, you as an organization, uh, feel that it's better to be reused than to be recycled. That reuse should be the first line of defense. And because of that, like at our house, we have, you know, the plastic bag recycling bin, we have the compost and dry compost bin, and then the 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 turnip green bin of everything that could be reused again goes in there instead of before it goes into single stream or anywhere else. 
Um, are there things that like, can you tell us what kind of items that you, that you'd like the most? Like the other day, there was a post on our zero waste, uh, Facebook, Nashville Facebook group where someone was asking about, you know, I have an old cutting board, it's plastic. And what do I do with them? People were like, Oh, take it to turnip green. I was like, I don't yes. really want that. I mean, what do you, what kind of things <laughs> do you want and don't want and can really, uh, use? Well, I think this is like a very hard thing for people to wrap their heads around because we just want to help you keep things out of the landfill that you don't have another place for. And so maybe that is a cutting board. Maybe it's half of an Easter egg. Um, and maybe it's maybe it's something that we don't necessarily accept in our store, but we still want to help you find a spot for it. Or we want to connect you to our, you know, I always think of Wiley. I'm like, I'll, I'll connect you to Wiley. He's our friend who um, is like the super creative artist who can make something out of anything. So like we want to be very solutions based and we don't have a specific list. We just want to be more providing solutions, if that makes sense. Um, so I, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're kind of just a catch all for all of these strange items that you look at and you're like, I hate to throw this away, but what else can I do? It's like, hey, turnip green, turnip green. That's what else you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll help you from there. Well, well especially as recycling yeah. is, is, you know, like we, we've talked about in this upcoming, in the last episode we recorded how broken the recycling is, especially for plastics. And uh, reuse is always going to be a better, you know, choice for that. Reduce, reuse. Yeah, yeah. Reduce, reuse. And I know that y'all are similar to me in this way. And I know a lot of people feel like this, but... I don't necessarily like leaning on systems outside of my control Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. It's not a part of who I am. I like to know that like, if we have the weirdest 2020 ever and a tornado wipes out my neighborhood and then a virus wipes out the rest of the world, like I can still rely on reuse. Mm -hmm. I don't need a recycling vendor. I don't need a recycling truck. Like I can still do the right thing and it's in my control. So like personally, I I think that's really special. And I think, we're talking about, you know, human connection and it's something that we can work together to like help, you know, like real needs and we don't have any red tape and then recycling too. Like obviously it's better than the landfill, but it still comes with so many other negative things like energy usage. And, you know, we, we don't, Mm -hmm. I don't see where this stuff goes. And like, I, you know, we're all just hoping, but like with reuse, it is in literally in your hands. And with turnip green, generally you can like say, Hey, I donated an old cutting board, you know, last week, someone told me on, on, this Facebook site, do you know what happened to that? We are such a close, tight-knit community that cares so deeply that I could probably be like, oh yeah, you know what? This artist named Martha came in and got that. And like, <laughs> do you want you want me to connect you? And I think that is just this other very human special mm. element to reduce, reuse, and to what Turnip Green can provide. Nice. What are some like what are some things at home that you do that when you say that are in your control and you're reusing like Give us a few examples if you can. I mean, yeah, of course. Like lately I have just, you know, we've all been home a little more Mm -hmm. and I just am missing so many of my friends and my people and my staff. So I've been doing a lot of card writing, but I mean, I'm not going to go like buy a new card. That is so silly. A card is like a card. It's the message that matters. Exactly. And so I'm also a collage artist. Like that's one of my favorite art forms. I did that too when I was a kid. I made so many collages. 
You should make some collages now. See, we're soulmates, I knew. (laughs) But but one thing that happens with collage is a lot of times you have little scraps and bits. And I mean, you could recycle those because it's paper, but I love saving mine. And I've been making like collages out of the collage bits and then turning them into cards and like mailing them to people. I, th- I think it's a really fun challenge, especially when we're teaching kids. It's like, okay, here's what you have to do. You can't like have any scraps. Like you have to use every scrap. So I've been doing that with my own like art practice at home. That's Lots so of challenging. Yeah. It's fun. But once you start thinking, it just like becomes habit. It gets easier and easier. And you start looking. This is so in the weeds. I'm sorry. No. I love collaging and I've been doing a lot of it. But like you're looking at this piece of paper. Maybe I want like the lizard in the middle or the foreground, but then there's this background. And so then I like automatically start imagining like, well, where does that piece go? And it kind of helps with this like sort of larger scale view and like making connections in advance rather than just thinking of like one thing at a time. Right. Um, and it can go backwards too. I know that I'll have random things and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? But it makes me think back. How did I get this thing? Yes. Where did this exactly. come from? Did I buy it? Do I do mm-hmm. I buy things like this a lot and then not know what to do with them? It's it's that awareness and then it brings me backwards like and then my awareness shopping is different. Yes, totally. And I'm and thinking, like, wait, can I reuse this somehow? Or it, is this going to go straight into the landfill? Or is this going to go to turn up grain creative reuse? Is that, is that should I do that? Or, or is it even, <laughs> know, it, was it even exactly. worth buying in the first place? Did I need right. it when I bought is it? Is it necessary? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know people um, tell me a lot of times they're like, oh, if like, I bet you just come home with so much stuff working at Turnip Green because you see so much stuff. And I'm like, I hate stuff. <laughs> like, I don't want stuff ever because I see how much stuff comes in. And mm-hmm. I would love to say it's all like very second, third, fourth, fifth hand. But a lot of the stuff we get is still newly packaged Wow, because stuff is so accessible. People just buy it. It's it. like. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad they're donating it to us, honestly. But I agree with you. Like, you should always be thinking about the material before it's in your hands. You shouldn't be like having something and say, "What do I do with this now?" Mm-hmm. You know, you should be thinking of the whole picture in advance if you're able Ideally. to. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's it's a good sort of like goal, you know, for us to be thinking in that way. And that's the that's probably really intimidating for a lot of people. That's how I felt in the very beginning. I felt almost kind of shameful, like. How did I get all this stuff and why do I continue to buy more? And do I really need it? Like Michael said, and you two are very inspirational to me. I mean, in that sense, if you've been, if you see Michael's house, it is, it is so clean and he is the epitome of a minimalist and he could tell me about my wife, Cheryl is, I, (laughs) I am a minimalist and really neat because of her. And for instance, when we were in LA and she first read Maria Kondo's book, I was like, no, it's almost, it's like like giving an arsonist a can of gasoline or something. She's a a minimalist (laughs) like you would not believe. If we don't use it, we we used to live in photo studios. You could see everything. There's no closets, hardly any storage. So we just got into the habit of things just collect dust and have to get moved around. So why do you have stuff? Mm -hmm. And uh, because of our lifestyle, uh, that minimalism became important. Um, let me let me ask a quick question because we, we have this subtopic in our head, or I do, as we're talking about uh, Maria Kondo. It's like, you know, the, it's great. It's great that people are, are cleaning and organizing their closets and trying to get their lives done or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some of that advice, like ripping your favorite parts out of books and then throwing the books away. 
I, I, Ooh, I didn't know anything yeah, about that's that. In her, yeah, that's in her book. And, I, I, you know, I'm like, hashtag books are not single use. You know, <laughs> it's like right. some of the, some yeah, of the minimalist movements. Probably- yeah. Yeah. We could probably straighten up a few of those things. And, and the first thing that comes to my mind, the only show I'd seen, one show of hers on TV and going through all their stuff and packing everything up. And the the first thing that came to my mind was, where are you going to put mm-hmm. all that stuff? Are you going <laughs> to bring it? Are you going to reuse it? Are you going to recycle it? But that is a misconception in our society right now is there is no way. It's a constant I say it all the time now, there is no way. Uh, you think your stuff is just gonna magically disappear and it's not, you have to really be thoughtful about it. And that's what I love about Turnip Green. It's so thoughtful and it brings people together. And I love getting to know all of your team and seeing how we can work together during this pandemic, especially. So if there's some takeaways here, uh, we've been kind of trying to highlight the main points um, of our talking, of our conversation. And so I, I wanna point out that they're still up and running. They're virtual. They're doing their best to get um, savvy with technology and more videos. So you can get online and you can have all that information fresh in front of you. And if there are things that you have questions about, send them a message. Yeah. We'll answer. And they will answer. They'll they, actually answer. <laughs> the <real> time. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> but um, and, and shout out to Kelly for uh, supporting all of us. She's met with Michael and I a couple times, and we've always had some great support and encouragement from her. So we love Turnip Green. Is there anything else uh, you want to leave the people? You know, one thing that we didn't touch on, um, forgive me for not discussing Bring earlier, it. but one other cool thing that we do is uh, a green gallery. We have mm. two green galleries. And so those are art galleries that feature local artists who use repurposed materials in their work. Um, and it, you know, it sometimes at Turnip Green, people are like, okay, you have a gallery over here, you have a shop over here, you have education over here. They're actually all super connected, mm-hmm. right? They all fall under our mission of fostering creativity and sustainability yeah. through reuse. Um, and there's a lot of education in the gallery. Whenever people walk in, you guys have been to Turnip Green, so you know, the first thing you see when you walk in on the right is like this nice polished sort of the crown jewel. Um, And it's like, wow, that's beautiful work. If you didn't see the rest of the store, you might not ever know that it came from what people call trash. We don't believe in that word, but you know what I mean? Um, And then you pan over to the left when you walk into Turnip Green and you see all of the raw material. So you can in one sort of snapshot see this is stuff that I may have associated like with trash. Mm-hmm. I may have thrown this kind of stuff away, but look what it can become mm-hmm. if loved and curated and given like attention. So, so we think that the gallery is really important for um, elevating artists and art and also just educating people about what you can do with these materials rather than throwing them away. Oh, but yeah. we have, you know, we, we don't have people coming in right now, but we do have virtual gallery shows. So we're still doing the art crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other galleries are too. So I definitely want to plug that, do an art when crawl from that? home. That's the first Saturday from six to nine. Um, so we usually do like an Instagram or a Facebook live and we interview the artists and we have them curate their own shows at home. You guys will love this. Oh, wow. Mike Wendy. If you haven't met Mike Wendy, he's our current artist. 
y'all would hit it off so hard. <laughs> so he he has always been an environmentalist um, and an artist, cool. as far as I know. But every day in 2020, he's made a sculpture out of something he's found on a walk or in a parking lot. Every day. Every so day. He, yeah, they're so cool. And like the way he has them curated, if you look on our website, you'll see he has them in his, he has a gallery at his house. And um, it's just beautiful altogether. And there's a story and a like really funny title behind every single one. But there's 120 in his current exhibition. And that's our main show in our green gallery right now. Wow. So if you go on our website and you purchase one, you also get to name your own price because he really believed in keeping this accessible. So it's not going to be like you have to be a millionaire to afford these art pieces. And then the other, he's splitting the cost between turnip or the proceeds between turnip green and educators cooperative which is an awesome organization sounds like so, a great guy yeah that's like an easy way to be sustainable support arts and education i mean what what could be better first but yeah i definitely just wanted to talk about the gallery piece too especially because our gallery coordinator works really hard and our gallery yeah. community works really hard and that's something else people can tune into and check out if they want to see some pretty art absolutely I love that. Anything else you yeah. want to chat with Leah about, Michael? No, I just think it's awesome what they're doing. And and the art, being able to buy art virtually right now, everyone's probably thinking, ah, oh, we're out of work. Everything's, uh, uh, you know, up in the air. But you're sitting at home looking at blank walls. Like, why not look at something that inspires you and, you know, spread spread what good cheer and money there is around to each other and just like supporting restaurants artists we can't forget artists as well they're mm -hmm. the, the galleries That's are right. shut down just like the theaters and the the you know the auditoriums for us to go see live music and the restaurants and all uh, mm -hmm. we're all in this together and i think art brings we a lot are. to people's life yeah yeah and it's like just a really great example of how that's another way to make sustainability accessible like Maybe I don't like art, but maybe I love buying clothes. So a way that I can support sustainability without changing too much, like I can start searching sustainable clothing brands. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a quick Google search away. Yeah. So like, I, th I think there can be sustainability integrated into almost any interest in like where you, where you are putting your dollars or your time or your energy or your conversations. Um, so I think that's just another really like good way to think about it. Like, what am I getting online to buy right now? Or like, what am I getting online to like watch a YouTube video of and maybe see if there's sort of a sustainable version or tie-in. And that's a great like entry point into this really like overwhelming sort of concept of how to be greener. Nice. Yeah. Cheers to that. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us today and sharing all the good things that you're doing. Turnipgreencreativereuse.org. And there's lots of fun stuff on there. They actually have a Facebook group as well or Facebook page and I just saw the virtual tour so Leah gives a personal virtual tour of everything if you want to go see it for yourself and support our artists support our community and less waste in the landfill what you say woo thank y'all so much y'all are amazing thank for just you. like spreading the good word and for so many other reasons <laughs> we think you're amazing too so good people attract other good people and we're just going to keep spreading the love thanks mm -hmm. Leah Thank you both. <laughs>